Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is live, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving Iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving Iron time and time again. Hello and welcome to the Moving Iron Podcast, Pax Moves with Glenn Byrne. Bon Glenn, how you doing this morning? Good, JC. So it's almost, uh, you're almost to the finish line, man. You're getting close. That's right. That's right. So we got... April 5th, we've got about a week left. you got 10 days of... of then does it just drop off and you're done for the year and you can do whatever you want? Is that pretty much how it works? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> right on, right on. Okay, so before we got started, we were talking about what we were going to talk about, and you brought up there is some uh, some new news on the uh, the grain glitch. I want you to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's it's been a long time coming. This you know, the grain glitch fix, which was passed, if my memory serves, on March twenty third of twenty eighteen. You know, the statute was passed, the fix was passed, and we've been talking about then, you know, well, we're going to need to get more details of the specifics of how to actually um, implement some of these things, and they've not issued even proposed regulations. So we literally have no guidance other than what was passed March 23rd, which isn't super detailed. So on April 2nd here, earlier this week, we got news that the proposed regulations have been drafted and they've basically been moved on to another department. It's, it's in the OMB office of management and budget. So they're basically going to be doing like a second review on them. And so pretty much what this means is probably we'll have proposed regulations released, um, but it won't be by April 15th. Uh, it'll be maybe late April. So it doesn't really help us too much, um, but um, so, we, you know, I don't know what they'll show, but we'll hopefully have some proposed rules by the end of the month, say, and then there'll be a comment period, and then there'll be a, maybe a hearing, and then they'll issue final rules, um, you know, presumably by maybe, say, the end of the year. So at least we'll have some certainty there, but we're just, you know, not sure what, what the hang-up was. You know, why did it take a year to do this? Right. It is a little bit concerning. Is there is there a lot of complexity here that, you know, we're not anticipating and, and that's why it took so long. So, yeah. so good news, um, but, you know, I guess we, we certainly won't know what these things say by April 15th. So we're just going to have to, you know, either extend returns or, or go with what we think is best, you know, absent any other guidance. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of stuff there that, that's been an ongoing deal, and it's a big deal because of, of how, it, how it affects the people, you know, guys oh, yeah. out there trading grain what have you so it, it's a uh, it's a big deal when you start looking at that so yeah. um another thing you brought up we were talking about that before we got started was uh you had a guy's combine burned down and how that affected his his mm-hmm. uh, his tax situation so why don't you talk about that a little bit yeah yeah just a quick story there uh, we've we've talked about this issue a few times before um where you know, if you if you own a combine, you know it's on your depreciation schedule, and you trade it off, and you get back a leased combine, uh, rent, uh, an operating lease. But that's a problem because it's treated as if you sold the combine. And, you know, the, again, these were the rules back in say 2017 prior. Um, you know that you got to be careful. Now in 2018, the rules are well. 
if you trade off a combine, you know, you're going to have that gain, right? No matter what, uh, whether you sell it or trade it off, you have a gain. But then as long as you're going to be owning the new combine back, as long as that's going to be on your depreciation schedule, you can likely depreciate that combine pretty heavily and then offset that gain. But there's some state state rules and things that can come into play. Well, um, another situation that can come up is if you have a situation like a fire or something and where you own that combine, right, and you get insurance money, and then you've got to reinvest that money within two years, I believe is the rule, or you have a gain. You know, it's like you, you know, if you don't reinvest the money, right, if you take the insurance proceeds with you um, and you don't reinvest it, you have a gain. So that's why... Kind of a side note, Casey, a lot of times, you know, not in a farm situation, but just in any any type of situation with a business, right, where there's a fire or something, a tornado, a lot of times that's a key decision for the business owner, right? Am I going to rebuild or not? If they rebuild, they, they don't have to pay the income tax. If they don't rebuild and shut down the business, it means they've made the decision that it's better to, you know, cut my losses, you know, take the proceeds and pay income tax on it. So, um Anyway, it's kind of interesting that you'll, you'll see that sometimes. Um, but anyway, in this situation, the, the farmer owned a combine, you know, had a fire, and then the agreement that, that was entered into was an operating lease agreement, which basically is not under the tax code considered to have uh, reinvested the insurance proceeds. Now, uh, we were able to, because of this two-year rule, um, we're looking into this still here, but we're basically, we're able to uh, change that lease agreement to a, to a finance lease. And again, we do have a two-year window. It's not like you absolutely have to reinvest the proceeds the same tax year that you get. So um, we're looking at being able to, you know, avoid this tax gain um, for the farmer. So it's an issue that we've talked about before, but but it can it can come up in a, in a fire situation too. So again, if you've got a piece of equipment on your depreciation schedule, you've got to basically replace it with something else that you actually own, you know, that has a, uh, a bargain purchase at the end of the lease, right? That's, that's considered a capital lease and you're considered to own it. So mm-hmm. a lot more rules than, than what we've got time to talk about here, but it's just another thing to be aware of, um, you know, to, to, to be cautious about um, how you, uh, how you reinvest that insurance money. You do have to purchase, um, something of similar similar kind in order to not pay tax on that insurance proceeds. Yeah. Yeah, that's something you would never even think about that, right? Because before yeah. this tax law had changed, would that how would that have affected your taxes? Would have been the, yeah, it would have been the same really. Yeah. This yeah. would have been an old problem. Um, again, it's just it's like you sold the combine and, right. and again under the tax code you just you you now have a different you know, you're renting, right? You, right? you used to own, now you rent. That's so your money that you're paying the dealer is not actually principal, right? Where you're, you're, you know, you own the combine, it's rent. And so under the tax code, that, that would be a problem. So it's, again, we talked about it um, where you had to be careful if you own the combine and trade it off on an operating lease, you know, that, that's, a, that's a big issue. Still yeah. is a big issue today. Right. So, yeah, there's really nothing new there, but it's just, we had, there was a number of fires last fall, you know, typically in beans, in our area, so uh, just just another thing, you know, you don't want to have to deal with the tax consequences, you know, when you're in the midst of harvest, right, and, you know, and you got to, you know, you obviously need to get a different combine to finish harvest, the last thing you're thinking about is, is income tax consequences, so. Yeah, yeah, that's a, uh, 
that's crazy to think about that. Cause I, I bet that doesn't cross many people's minds when they're when they're out seeing that situation happen. So, yeah. all right. So here we are, right up against the right up against the clock here, almost to the eleventh hour here for uh, for your taxes yeah. and stuff like that. What what are some of the things you see happening right now uh, of some of the re- of the tax returns and stuff that you're looking at that are that are really jumping out there saying, hey, you know, this is this is an effect of the new tax code, yeah. or this is something that was a uh, you know, uh, a lack of oversight or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, we've got about a week to go, so we're you know we're we're able to get some returns still out, but we're looking a lot at you know doing extensions. You know, hey, how mm-hmm. how much tax do I need to pay? Right, I can file an extension, but I still have to estimate what tax I owe and pay that in by April fifteenth. So we're doing a lot of that. Um, you know, we are seeing a lot more a lot more of our clients. You know, not itemizing anymore. You know, they're not matched. They're not able to get up to that $24,000 number if you're married. Um, so it is making some of the return preparation easier in that sense because, you know, we're not having to, you know, track down as many things um, just because, you know, if you're a long way away from that 24000 So that's that's been on the good side a little, a little bit easier. Not nearly as many clients subject to what's known as the alternative minimum tax. So that's that's been good. But what we're, the complexities we're dealing with now is primarily the 199A, the 20% deduction, the pass-through reduction, mm-hmm. because we're, you know, we're working on clients now that have multiple businesses, multiple K-1s, and it's all, you know, it's all flowing into the personal tax return, and, and there's ways to aggregate businesses together, and just, just making sure that we're, we're looking at line nine, that's, that's the line on the 1040 now, that's this new, you know, 20% deduction, the qualified business income deduction, and just making sure that number is right because it's a free deduction. You know, it's, you don't have to pay any cash to get this deduction. You know, if you make $100,000, there's a chance you can get a $20,000 deduction for nothing. So, you know, we're just trying to make sure we maximize what's on line nine based on you know, the, the rules in place. So it's it's been pretty favorable for some clients because, again, it, it's a free deduction. Right. So, uh, you know, yep. Well, lots of stuff out there, Glenn, a lot of things going on, a lot of changes that people need to be aware of and things are going on. So, you know, talking with your tax advisor and your tax preparer about all this stuff um, is never, never been more important. So if folks want to reach out and talk to you, Glenn, or ask you some questions about some of the things we've talked over here over the past year, you know, um, how would they do that? Yeah. Yeah. Best to call our office here at Heinold Manor. Our phone number is 309 309- Six nine four four two five one. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Glenn Bergenbaum is my handle. Right on. Make sure you follow Glenn. There's a lot of good stuff uh, that comes out when I post these things. There's always a swarm of comments that come through it. So, Glenn, Glenn, uh, take care of yourself, buddy. We'll talk again next week. Okay. Thanks, Casey. All right. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast, now part of the Global Ag Network. If you'd like to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel and watch Market Roundup with Chip Mellinger, Sean Hackett, and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax News with Glenn Birnbaum. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and globalagnetwork.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour, out. Moving iron in the 21st century.
your fantasy. 